I thought, you know, okay, I want to set a goal of having a thousand subscribers. And I see every number as a person. I just do. So I didn't see it as a, a subscriber to me as a person. It's not a bot. It's a person. When they did the bot purging, I didn't lose anybody. So I felt good. <laughs> um, so I wanted to get to a thousand subscribers by August 1st. And I wanted to be monetized by the end of the year. The YouTube Partner Program, the holy grail for those getting started on YouTube. The key to being able to monetize your channel through ad revenue and begin watching the dollar bucks come rolling in. And seemingly the only thing standing between you and those sweet monetization checks is the Partner Program qualification factors. That is reaching 1000 subscribers and 4,000 hours of watch time in a year. Now, I don't know about you, but for many starting out on YouTube, that milestone seems like a hard thing to achieve. But is it as difficult as it seems? And more importantly, is the milestone all that important anyway? Well, let's find out. Roll the intro. This is the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, helping you engage your ideal audience to action through online video. I'll be bringing you the absolute best in the world of video marketing, content creation, storytelling, and marketing strategy, as together we grow to dominate online video and build profitable businesses. I'm your host, Ben Amos. Now let's get on with the show. G'day, my friends, and welcome back to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. This is episode 169. Welcome back to the show. And if you're new here, if this is your first time listening, seriously glad you're here. Can't wait to share some value with you in this episode. So for anyone diving into the world of YouTube, you pretty quickly become aware of the YouTube Partner Program. That is the program which enables you to monetize your YouTube channel and actually earn ad revenue from the videos that you post on YouTube. Now, whether this is part of your YouTube business model or not, for many people, the idea of reaching that milestone of being able to apply for monetization on your YouTube channel is a goal that many people strive for. Now, if you're not aware, the YouTube Partner Program currently, as of the time of this recording, says that in order to apply, you need to have a minimum of 1,000 subscribers to your channel and have achieved a total cumulative watch time of 4,000 hours on your channel over a 365 day period. And once you get to that point, provided that your channel meets other community guidelines set down by YouTube, then you will be able to apply for the YouTube Partner Program and therefore monetize your YouTube videos. So in this episode of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, we're going to explore one particular creator's journey to get to this threshold and reaching the coveted 1,000 subscribers and 4,000 hours of watch time. So my guest today is Kevin Colby. Kevin Colby is a YouTuber. But he's been around the digital and marketing world for most of his adult life. He actually started in radio and then he got into TV working for stations affiliated with Fox, NBC, CBS, ABC in Nashville, Charlotte and Rayleigh in the USA. So after leaving TV, he actually started his own video marketing business and he's worked with national companies, local businesses, nonprofits and entrepreneurs. His main focus now is on being a video coach and a content creator working on his own YouTube channel. And over on his channel at Kevin Colby on YouTube, he focuses on all sorts of video content which teaches people how to succeed starting out with video and video editing. Now, I first came across Kevin Colby through a Facebook group that I'm a member of, and I was really interested to hear as he was sharing his journey to reach that YouTube monetization threshold. And so I wanted to bring him on the show today to actually share more about this journey with you. Whether you're an aspiring YouTube creator working towards your first 1,000 subscribers, or you haven't even started a YouTube channel yet, and you're interested in what it's like to actually get started and to get that early stages of growth. I got a lot of value from this interview as well on my own journey towards reaching 1,000 subscribers on my 
own YouTube channel, which as a little side note is a goal of mine for 2020 to actually get to that point. So you'll hear in this episode that I actually pick Kevin's brain a little bit uh, to, to guide my own strategy as well. So without further ado, let's just jump into my interview now with Kevin Colby and learn more about his journey to YouTube monetization. Kevin Colby, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for joining me. So the reason why I wanted to get you on the show is I've been following your journey just recently. We've, I've only recently become acquainted with what you're doing, but right. something that is, is close to where I'm at right now is where you've been going with your own YouTube channel journey over the last little while. And so I wanted to bring you on to, to unpack that with you today. Cool. A little bit of um, background for, for the listeners and for yourself, Kevin, because um, I didn't mention this before you hit record. Even though I've been working with clients for years on, you know, various things around YouTube for their brands and growing their brands through YouTube, my own YouTube channel sucked for a long time. <laughs> um, I had a very uh, loose focus on, on consistency. Despite me telling people to succeed on YouTube, you need to be consistent. No. It, it was the it was the classic case of the cobbler's kids have no shoes. <laughs> 2020 was my year after being consistent with podcasting as a, as a form of content creation for my personal brand for for now three and a half years. Every week, podcast episode being released. I was like, I'm a video guy. I've got to up my YouTube game. Yeah. So 2020 was my year to do that, and I have been working hard to do that and managed to grow my channel now to just under 800 subscribers. So I'm, I'm following you along. So this is why I wanted to bring you on, right? Because you have recently crossed the threshold of um, a thousand subscribers. Well, that was a little while ago, but now 4,000 hours of watch time, which for people who aren't aware uh, is the threshold to allow monetization on your YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. So that's why I wanted to bring you on to dive into your journey. But for people that haven't come across Kevin Colby before and before we get into that, tell us your backstory. What kind of got you into the world of video and your YouTube channel? Well, you know, if, if you go too far back, um, I got into radio when I started college, which was a long time ago. Not, not quite in the black and white days, but, you know, a little, little before that, after that. And um, I got into radio and, and I grew up loving radio, thinking I wanted to be in radio. And I had a lot of fun. Still, my it's still a first love of mine. That's why I think I, I love podcasts so much because it's kind of like having radio and talk radio. Um, and then I had a chance to get into TV. Um, it was a it was a first time independent. I'm originally from Nashville, Tennessee, and um, they figured out they could hire me and pay me nothing. And I'm like, I'm okay with that. It's a job in TV. And uh, they eventually became a Fox affiliate, one of the first groups that became a Fox affiliate. And so as I, as I kept doing it, I thought, man, I, I really like this whole video thing. And uh, I, was, so I was in television in specifically um, promotion and marketing and creating what we called creative services. Um, in fact, the, my last gig in TV, I ran a creative department, uh, oversaw a creative team, um, that was far more creative than me, which was, I, I was cool with. Um, uh, but I ended up being in television, uh, for close to like, I guess, was it 30 years, uh, or 20 something years. I, I know I was with my last station group for about 24 years. And so I've, I've always been around that the creative side of it, uh, but far more the video side. I, I've just always got jazzed by being able to put video together, whether it's shooting it or taking stuff somebody else has put together. Editing is one of my absolute still to this day joys. Uh, it's the thing I think I'm best at. Um, just love it. Yeah. So I just, I, I've always loved what you can do with video, how video can move you. The, uh, I mean, you know, at the end of the day when I'm just wiped out, you know, my wife and I are watching usually Netflix or something and, you know, and you, then you get into the stories and things and, and audio is great, but then when you have to apply pictures to it, you know, it kind of, for me, it just fires off some different creative juices. Um, and then I just, my, my, the position went away uh, at the TV station, which is kind of how TV broadcasting, like a lot of companies have done. 
I knew I knew it was happen going to happen at some point. And uh, so I just decided, hey, why don't I take these gifts and these passions I have and just start my own business? And so that's what I do. And it's just it's been a blast, man. I love it. Yeah. So what do you do? What What is your business? So I basically help people get into and grow with video, uh, as I say, so they can share their gifts and make an impact in the world. Uh, I work I with it. folks uh, creating online courses, uh, doing story videos. Uh, some folks, maybe they've done video, but they don't know what to do with it. Also help folks uh, get set up with live streaming and, and, and even just learn a better way of using video without breaking the bank to, you know, make their presentations look better. Um, or maybe speakers that maybe I need to figure out this whole video thing. And so I will work with them and, and everything from like gear recommendation to just better uh, presentation tips, uh, things like that. So you're actually producing videos still, or are you consulting and coaching people? Uh, I'm doing both, uh, probably near the end of last year. Um, I started, it looks like I was a genius at the time thinking about trying to, to pivot. We're not tired of that word yet. My business more to coaching and consulting. Um, and, and I, I typically refer to it more as coaching, um, because to me there's a difference. Um, and I still have a few clients, like, like one of my clients who's also a friend of mine, uh, we produce, uh, we've produced a lot of online courses and uh, she's getting ready to have a baby. So we had to put a couple on hold. Um, so I don't go out and produce four clients like I did. Um, I'm more trying to find the clients that then I can help them do more with their video and stuff. But I do, I still produce my own stuff for my YouTube channel and sharing other places. I live stream every week, uh, a show ironically called behind the live just to help people understand live streaming and get into it. So it doesn't scare them so much that they yeah. they'll eventually think, wait a minute, I can do it. If he can do it, I can do it. Okay, cool. So awesome to hear your backstory and get that context to where I want to take the conversation now. So I think for listeners, they probably can see why you moved into YouTube for your own brand, for your own growth as well. It, it, there's a pretty clear alignment there um, yeah. to, to what you talk about and what you do. When did that journey start for you? When did you start your own YouTube channel? Well, you know, the funny thing is when I was at the television station, we had our YouTube channel and we would put things on there, like probably so many even TV stations. It's just like, we don't know what to do with it. Well, let's just stick it on YouTube. Yeah. And I, I think, if, I think YouTube will tell you that I started my channel in 2017, I think somewhere in there. The reality of it is, I think, I, <laughs> I think I had a channel before that and I thought, eh, this isn't going well. So I just deleted it Yeah, like an idiot and I started it again. So, you know, they don't, they don't, YouTube doesn't count the redo, <laughs> the do over, <laughs> Um, and, but it wasn't really, it, it, I, I so relate with what you said at the beginning of this. It, it wasn't till this year after preaching YouTube, after using YouTube, after trying to get other people, including clients to use YouTube that I finally got serious about my channel, like a dork, yeah. you know, <laughs> maybe I'm the last to learn. I don't know. <laughs> oh no, I think I'm the last to learn. <laughs> okay. So 2020 was when it really kind of started for you. You started yeah. producing content on a consistent basis. Can you talk to about to us about what you started? Well, let's get a sense of like subscriber count, like or engagement on your channel. Like at the start of this year, was it zero? Or uh, no, it was. I would I would probably say it was around three or four hundred. Um, okay. I'd hit that. You know, YouTube has a lot of thresholds. Like I could not wait to get to a hundred. So I could get my custom URL, which I chose my name and uh, Ben Amos was taken. So I just chose my name. <laughs> well, makes sense. Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't want to get sued. And um, so then, yeah, I think I had when, when I really kind of decided I need to get focused and serious, I think I had around 400, something like that. Okay. Awesome. Cool. And what did you start doing? Like you well, obviously started practicing what you preach, right? Yeah, I did that. And, and, you know, to be fair, I mean, I've had some great coaches and great mentors and 
so I, I'm just a constant learner. I mean, I, I use YouTube all the time just to figure out stuff. I buy a camera, I go to YouTube and try and figure out the settings because I'm just not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to read the manuals. Um, so I had some folks that I had learned like the basics from. And, and when I say that, not the, not the hacks, you know, get, get a million views in a month. And it, it wasn't that it was like, you know, YouTube can be a long game. So here's how you can play it for a long time. But I wasn't really putting that in practice. I kind of knew the things I needed to do. And one of the catalysts was during a video marketing world, uh, the virtual summit this year. And uh, Scott Simpson, who runs it, uh, CEO of it, um, said, hey, during it, you know, we're going to do some channel audits. And if, uh, if you want your channel audited, drop your link down there. And the funny thing is, I had always resisted that. And I thought, yeah. you know, what the heck, who cares? So I put my link down in there and I've gotten to know Sean, uh, Scott and he messaged me and said, Hey, by the way, we're going to review your channel. And I'm like, okay. He said, you might want to be there. And I'm like, okay. And, um, it was, uh, I think it was Rob Wilson and Troy, I think it's Troy's his name from VidIQ. And of course they didn't know me. I think one of them looked at the channel ahead of time and one of them just looked at it there. And it was so good and so humbling and exactly what I needed to hear because they're going through the channel. And one of the things, and I think it was Rob said, you know, I'm going to paraphrase. He said, but you've got a good looking channel, but I really don't know what it's about. And, yeah. and he talked about how he will look at a channel for the first time and immediately by just looking at the cover art and some of the videos try and say, okay, like, you know, like that, do I have an idea what this person's about? And he said, I, I don't, uh, here's a video about this and here's a video about this and here's a video about this. And I, I think he said, you look like a nice guy, but I just don't know what you're about. Yeah, and confusing. I thought, you know what? It's like I, I, I knew that, but I needed to hear that. And they made some suggestions. And, uh, and Troy, was, one of his suggestions is like, you know, you look like you can teach things, which is true. He said, you know, there's a lot of folks just looking to, to learn and, and, and get more out of video and get into it. And just these things just started clicking. And, uh, and I remember emailing Scott when it was over and I said, Dude, this was like the best thing that could have happened. And so that's what kind of all of a sudden I thought, you know, I, I got to get really focused and serious if I want to make YouTube a real thing and not just something that I occasionally load a video up to. And, and so that was really the catalyst to get my button gear. Okay, cool. I'm interested to unpack with you when you were, what you just said there around mm. making YouTube a real thing, not just something that you occasionally upload something to, what was your why behind that? Was it, were you going into this intentionally thinking, I want to become a YouTuber. I want to be able to make money from YouTube. Like what was your why behind that from a business or personal sense? Yeah. I, you know, from prior to this, I would say no. If somebody said, do you want, in fact, I, I would say people would say, do you want to be a YouTuber? And I'd say, no, 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 no. I don't want to be a YouTuber because I always put YouTubers over here, you know, and I'd say, well, I'm not an Instagrammer and I'm not a Facebooker. Yeah. And the, so what would end up happening is I would put client work on there and then I'd put a vlog on there and then, I'd, <clears throat> excuse me, and then I put a little bit of everything on there. And then I turn around and ask people to subscribe. And then I would have people say, well, yeah, I, I know what I'm getting, you know, and then I wonder why people weren't subscribing because that's what people said do, you know, and I knew in the back of my mind, the way the, the way my business was going and stuff like that, working with clients who have YouTube channels, that YouTube is, is a, is a phenomenal platform to grow a business on or to share a passion or to, to be a nonprofit or something like that. Right. And, or to entertain. And I think it's when I realized that I had the gifts and I had the gear and I had everything I needed. I had the time to create. Why wasn't I? And then why? And I love to teach. I think it's one of my gifts. So why, why not? I think it became a why not use YouTube as my core 
channel to actually create and teach from. And that's kind of how I see my channel now is that that's, you know, if I were to look at the channels I use most of like Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and YouTube, YouTube has become my, my teaching platform where I can, I can share things and share what I'm learning and, and help others as well. And then all of a sudden you realize, you know, this, yeah, this, this can be a business. It can be a business. And, and this isn't knocking folks that just see YouTube as a hobby. And, you know, there's a friend of mine that I actually got him started on YouTube. And he was asking me some stuff one day about, should I have a website? Should I do this and this? And I said, you have to decide if you want YouTube to be just a hobby or could it be a business? And that will determine how you approach your channel and everything else you do. And for me, it was like, no, this is my, this is a business. It's an extension of me. And, and that's, that's kind of how I got into that. Okay. Awesome. Thank you for that. So taking you back to the, the realization of yeah. that you needed to get clear on, you know, who you're serving and how you want to serve them and how you want to show up for people so that people come to your channel and they know the value they're going to get. Right. So you had this realization, but then what changed? What did you do differently? So one of the things I did immediately is I went and made a lot of videos. So I stepped back and I said, okay, what I really want the channel to be. And, and, you know, when, when you come there, what's the proposition, what's the value. And one of the things I did a lot of things. One of the things I did is videos that I had on my channel that didn't fit the new, uh, the new focus, I just set from public to private. A few of them I made unlisted, but I didn't delete anything. I, I, I've deleted old videos in the past and I won't do that anymore. In fact, I, I kind of preach against it um, because it's too easy just to show the good stuff, right? And so what I did is I went and I would say, well, you know, these client videos don't make any sense. These things don't make any sense. And so I set them to private. Now, you know, I don't remember how many, but from a YouTube standpoint, if you have like 150 uploads that are, that are counting towards your, you know, your, your cumulative hours and stuff, and you hide a bunch of them, they don't count anymore. But I was willing to take that chance because I knew it would make the channel stronger. And that was, that was the first thing I did. Okay. Um, and then the, the second thing I did was I decided to stop making videos that I just thought would be great and cool. And you ought to like it, Ben, because you know, I, it's a video and I've put it out there and. Yeah. And I and think it's cool. So you should think it's cool. Yeah. 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 And now look, I mean, you know, it, it sounds weird. I, you know, I, but when I edit, I'm very hypercritical of my own work, but at the same time I've edited stuff and go, you know, I like that. It looks good. I like to watch it. Of course, then I'll always see something. <laughs> always see something wrong or something I could have fixed. Always, yeah. Always, but there's a difference in hey, I'm just going to create this video and then I'll think about you know the title and everything after the fact and I'll put it up there and then you know I'll just share it and everybody should watch it. As opposed to what are people looking for? What do they really want to know about? Here's a radical idea. What are people asking for? And then go hmm. Okay, maybe I can create content around that. If it's something I understand, if it's something I think I can present on, um, never had a desire to be labeled or, or called an expert ever, ever. Um, I think I'm more of a specialist, more of a hobbyist, you know? And so, so those, those were two major things. So for the first time ever, I started researching ideas before I ever hit record ever. Um, and then probably the last thing is I committed to being more consistent and YouTube rewards consistency. They don't tell you what that is because there's some channels that will upload a video a month, but that's consistent for them. And I just decided that, you know, dad government, I'm going all in. And I think when I started, I was doing one or two uploads a week plus a live stream because I knew it would make me learn that uh, consistency. It would give me a habit. It would, it, you know, and I still wanted to enjoy it. And I did. That's the funny thing. You know, I already loved it, but it made me like fall in love with it again. Like the creating, Oh, how am I going to do this and everything? So, so I think those were the things that I did more than anything 
that really made a huge difference. Okay, awesome. Just to kind of summarize, I guess, what Kevin's sharing there, guys, is it really comes down to not creating content for you, but creating it for your audience, knowing who your audience is and creating the content that they they want, creating the content they're looking for, the quest, answering the questions that they're asking. And then the other side to that is, is doing so consistently and whatever consistency looks like for you, but consistency is, is key. I don't think that's a surprise to people listening, but I think one of the sticking points with consistency often comes down to getting that kind of that boost of motivation and then like, you know, being consistent for a month or two months and then it drops away. Can you share any tips or, or learnings that you had when you were starting to be consistent that kept you consistent? Well, you know, the one thing I did not want to do, and I thought about it, I didn't do any of these like, you know, vlog every day for 30 days, or I'm going to create a, a, a piece of content every day for 100 days. And and I've tried those before. And what ended up happening is after two or three days, I didn't do it. And then you start feeling bad. And I thought, okay, that doesn't work for me. But one of the things that happens is when you start having some videos that um, get some engagement, and it's like, oh, oh, okay, this this is kind of working. And then you start sharing them in a Facebook group and people start commenting and they start asking you questions. And it's amazing. And it's, and you know, people can say, well, that's just an ego thing. I mean, there's gotta be a little ego in it, right? But it's not, it's like, oh, okay, this is kind of paying off. And so I think that that was it as well. Plus, I mean, you know, I just I used to call myself a creative dude. And then somebody said, you need to stop doing that. It sounds so cocky. Um, <laughs> but I am creative and I am a dude. So I, I think a lot of it was challenging myself, you know, to, to see what I can get done and what I could do. Uh, the struggle I still have is, you know, not overdoing it on the production. Now people could look at my videos and go, well, they're not that produced, but you can easily get bogged down into what we used to call in television, junking it up and lose total sight of the message. And that was another thing I tried to focus in on is, you know, Sean Cannell says it so well, you know, you know, one idea, one video. And I don't know that I was doing that before. I think I was trying to cover way too much stuff in a video and people were like, look, I just, you know, I just came here to find the one thing. And, you know, and getting to the point too. I mean, really addressing it, you know, like, can I get to this faster? Can I just give them the value that they're here for? So I think when you start seeing that pay off, uh, it's like, oh, uh, okay, this is, this is kind of cool. Yeah, this is, this is good. Then you see other doors it opens where people are, are like wanting to talk to you about it, you know, and, and, you know, and, and, and then it allowed me to even talk to other creators because now I could show them other things I was doing and have them on my show. And that's, that's huge. That's just huge. I mean, it's collaboration, you know, it also is marketing, but it's just, I, I just love talking to folks. So that helped too. Yeah. Yeah, I can 100% um, support the the idea of when you start releasing content consistently, you will start to get more engagement. That engagement then fuels your desire to create consistently. And yeah. I've felt that absolutely myself. Is just you start to, I mean, even just I get notified on my phone when new, new comments are on my videos and that reminds me to, you know, think of new ideas and to keep yeah. focusing on YouTube. So you know, I know I never used to do that, but simply by getting that engagement means that you're reminded that there's something happening over there. Don't forget yeah. that thing that's happening over there, which is easy to do when you get busy. Right. And, and particularly oh. if there's no engagement on your channel, then it's like, you're like, Oh, I've forgotten about YouTube. Yeah. But, yeah, I, but I you've always got to awesome. show up. I mean, you know, live streaming will really do it for you. And, you know, there's always that fear of what if I live stream and nobody shows up, which has happened. I mean, it will happen. Yeah. I mean, it just can, right? But you you show up as if everybody else did because otherwise people can see it. Now there's little things you can do if you're not getting comments, you know, you can you can just say, well, you know, you know, if you have something, make sure you drop it later and I'll, I'll get to it later. But you, you've got to keep showing up. You have to keep showing up and being consistent um, and being there because you know, people can tell 
when you're kind of dialing it in, I think, and when you're really there for them. Um, and you mentioned on the comments, you know, I, I still to this day, cause I don't get that many, I, I will respond to every comment, even, even if somebody, I mean, I, thankfully I haven't had a ton of haters, but even if somebody doesn't like something, I'll respond to them. And I'm trying to have a dialogue with them. And it's happened several times where it's a conversation that happens over several different comments. And because I know I appreciate if I go to watch somebody's video and I don't know them and I leave a comment and they respond back. That's kind of cool. You know, yeah. same. And I think it feeds the same emotion when you're calling a business or something like that. And you actually get somebody on the phone. Oh, well, that's kind of neat. Maybe I'm not so upset with your company after all. <laughs> yeah, I think too often YouTube can seem like a one-way thing. You know, people yeah. comment and then there's crickets that they get nothing back. Then it feels like, well, why, why should I go back and engage with that channel again if, if it's just a one-way thing? But yeah. I think it, that's, a really good, that's a really good tip around the comments. And, you know, to add to that, I'll just add that, when you are replying to a comment, look for ways to encourage that next comment, to open that conversation. So rather than just saying, thanks for your comment, which doesn't open up another discussion and says, thanks for your comment, you know, which part of the video did you like the most or what yeah. was most valuable to you or, you know, what else do you struggle with? I don't know, whatever, you know, asking yeah. that additional question so then they feel inclined to continue that conversation. You know, it, it just happened recently. Um, um, probably one, one of my biggest videos is just how to get Final Cut Pro 10 for free. And um, which I researched it, but I never knew it would do what it did. Um, and just recently, and I published that one back when everything started just ramping up. And just this week, uh, a guy commented and said, you know, I, I this video is so timely. Um, uh, I haven't edited in a long time. I was looking at Final Cut or Premiere. Which one would you recommend? And I said, well, I would recommend Final Cut. I've edited on Premiere. Um, I think it, if, you, if you've edited before and it's been a while, you could get into Final Cut easier. And then I said, let me know how it goes. And he yeah. messaged back. He said, I will. By the way, what would you recommend for graphics and stuff? And I said, well, I would recommend Canva. That's what I use for everything. In fact, here's my affiliate link if you want to use it, but there's also a free version. He responded back. He goes, this is so great. I just signed up for Canva and I'll let you know how it goes. Okay. And that took what, a few minutes of my time, but I, I felt like one, I helped somebody too. I gave him my affiliate link, which I was very clear it was. And who knows? Who knows? Maybe I have him on my show sometime talking about the success he's had. And, and to me, that's what keeps me going is when you can actually help somebody and you see that you don't always have that, but it's, it's kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So we're talking about the getting to that monetization threshold, yeah. which YouTube set a couple of years back and changed things and caused a bit of Con consternation, consternation yeah, in, the, yeah. in the world of YouTube, but all for the better, I feel. So we're, we're getting to that thousand subscribers, 4,000 hours of watch time to be yeah. monetized on YouTube in inverted commas, right? So I'm going to make an assumption and correct me if I'm wrong, that doing what you, what we just talked about, that that's what contributed to getting to that a thousand subscribers. Was there anything else that you feel that kind of got to that point? No, I did. I mean, um, you know, you, in fact, I just shared something the other day and on, on Facebook and, um, I think I, yeah, I think I even shared it on my community tab, which is another one of the little perks that you can unlock at a thousand subscribers. I didn't even know you got the community tab at then. I'm like, Oh, this is sweet. And the community is tab. a thousand you, subscribers or 4,000 or just a thousand subscribers. No, just a thousand tab. subscribers. Um, it was, it's like a week after you hit it, they send you an email and say, Hey, congratulations again. You've now unlocked the community tab. And I'm like, what I did really? Oh, and yeah. it's just another way to connect, keep people on YouTube, which is what YouTube wants, but it's just another way to, to, to talk with folks. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that all played a part. And then, you know, I had a couple internal goals 
when I saw this starting takeoff. I said, I want to hit when I saw that the subscribers were building. Well, I'll tell you another thing I did, Ben. I had resisted, resisted asking people to subscribe. Now, I would send you a video and say, hey, you know, if you like it, but I just, oh, man, I didn't want to say that on my video. I felt like you were begging. And then I thought, you know, first of all, get over yourself, dude, and just do it. So I started saying, hey, here's what this channel's about. If that makes sense, hit the subscribe button. And yeah. people sometimes, so it's not like you're telling them, but you're asking them and saying, and by the way, and, you know, and mention it. And people started subscribing, right? So I thought, you know, okay, I want to set a goal of having a thousand subscribers. And I see every number as a person. I just do. So I didn't see it as a, a subscriber to me as a person. It's not a bot. It's a person. When they did the bot purging, I didn't lose anybody. So I felt good. <laughs> Um, so I wanted to get to a thousand subscribers by August 1st and I wanted to be monetized by the end of the year. And I got my 1000th subscriber on July 31st and did the little happy dance and I got uh, monetized, uh, October, like 22nd, something like that. Um, you crushed it. Yeah. In fact, that morning I woke up and checked my numbers, you know, and it was like, Hey, congratulations. You can apply. And I'm like, holy crap. Holy crap. I can't believe this. So I actually did a video showing about it because I thought, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be unmonetized so I can do the video. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, you, you know, my, my friend Rob Balasabas said when he, he said, you know, it's funny cause he just hit 3000 subscribers. He said, when, when it, the momentum starts, it's amazing how it, it can really go. And, you know, I hit a thousand what the end of July. And as, as the day we're recording this, I'm at, I don't know, in the 1700s. So, uh, you know, and that's not a guarantee that you're just going to grow and grow and grow, but you can see things happening and, and that can be motivation too. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that snowball kind of an effect. Oh yeah. So, yeah. So I think, um, a lot of people are pushing to that a thousand subscriber mark as a, as a threshold, as a, as a milestone, which is an important milestone for, for beginning YouTube channels. But to be monetized, you need to get to that 4,000 hours of watch time. And I think as yeah. you've probably recognized as well, like 1,000 subscribers doesn't necessarily equal 4,000 hours of watch time within a 365 day period. So yeah. tell us about that, that next, getting to that next level. Well, I think it made me think, you know, the, the trap you can fall into, and there might be folks that, that would disagree with this is, well, I'll just do longer videos, you know, I'll, you I'll, think, I'll do, yeah. oh, maybe I do an hour live stream, you know, and things like that. And so you start trying to play with the numbers, like if people are watching it, but the reality of it is it's got to be value. It's just, it has to be value. So I think that helped me realize the importance of, being consistent, but I was creating things and, and look, no two videos perform the same. I mean, I, I put one out this week that so far has just been like, yeah, I'm still proud of it. There's still value there. Most of my videos don't take off immediately. The ones even that gain some decent traction take time. I mean, sometimes I'm like, oh, well, I'm, I'm ready to write that one off. And then you go back a month later and go, whoa, okay, well, it's got some decent views. And people are still commenting or whatever on it. So I think, you know, it definitely helped me. I mean, because I was like, well, I was over, I think the day after I got monetized, I hit 1700. Um, so that could put in perspective for somebody that, that's, that's, you know, tracking with this is that, you know, yeah, you're right. I didn't hit a thousand that get the money or get, or, or get monetized for that. Um, and the hours were kind of crazy. They would jump a little and then not a lot. Um, but, I, you know, it's nice to be monetized. There's other perks that come with it, but I'm not going to get rich off of the ads that run on the, on it. It's just to me, another milestone to show, yes, I can do this. Yes. YouTube is real. Yes. I can help other people do this now. And, and, you know, and if somebody learns it from me, that's phenomenal because I'll share success in some of these Facebook groups um, and just encourage other folks that are just starting, you know, because 
I think I think there's too many people that think I just put it through videos out and I go viral and it's all great and I'll be the next Casey Neistat. Yeah. And, you know, when I've spoken at schools and stuff like that before, I'll say, if you're trying to be the next Casey Neistat or Peter McKinnon, don't because if I want Casey, I watch Casey. I don't want you to be Casey. And that's another, I think, takeaway is that you've got to find you and be you. You can learn from other people. But if your goal is to be, I'm going to do everything Peter McKinnon does because I'm going to be like Peter McKinnon, there's already a Peter McKinnon and he's crushing you. Be you. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's really good advice. You talked about kind of the temptation or the belief of potentially hacking the watch time to get to that 4,000 hours by releasing longer videos and that's that's not the way to go about it. Is there anything that you, you consciously did to to try and increase your watch time or was it just keep on being consistent with good quality content? I want to say keep on being consistent. I mean, there was a point where I didn't think um, I could maintain at least at that point, two videos and a live stream. Um, Plus during the summer, our our youngest son was having surgery, had a couple of different surgeries. So I'm like, okay, I'm thinking, you know, what's practical, what's, or what's uh, realistic. Um, So I actually got ahead at one point I was, uh, I was four weeks ahead with content. And so that helped. And then I put a couple of live streams on hold. So, you, you know, you got to realize that as I'm growing, I'm actually s- slowing the pace a little, but I think the momentum kept being there. And so now it's like, you know, I'm, I'm committed to at least a new video and at least a live stream every week. I think that the temptation was though to do longer. And I just, I, I kept resisting that. I thought it'll it'll grow when it grows. It'll happen when it happens. And I'm not just going to produce long videos because I don't like long. I mean, if, if, if I'm looking for content and it's, it's to do something like, you know, how do you do this effect in after in the, in the final cut and your video is five minutes and the other guys is 15. I'm probably going to watch yours. Cause I, I think psychologically you're going to get to it faster. So, um, I think the temptation was to do longer and I thought, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not, I, cause I didn't want to make it a game. Now I can't say I haven't watched all the, yeah, you know, how to do this and how to do that. You know, I, and I still struggle with titles. That's what's crazy. I still struggle with that title. You know, when you do your keyword research and your phrase and then trying to make it more humanized and, uh, you know, and, and the funny thing is, you know, when I, when I was in creative, uh, when I was a creative service director and, and we were writing stuff all the time, we'd write five second IDs all the time, you know, to get your attention. And now you're like, okay, what's the title? And, and you start, you know, what's, what's the algorithm going to pick up and this as opposed to, okay, but what's it really about and how can I get somebody to look at it? And that's yeah. where thumbnails come in into play too. And um, I think that is probably the other part that I changed radically, if I can say that. I'll say radically. Um, Where I really not only just put more thought into it, but I tried to get more even conceptual and more and different with them. Um, And I think some of them have paid off. Some of them haven't. Um, But I would say now that if you look at them prior to when I really got refocused and serious, they were just kind of, eh, you know, grab a frame of the video, find a cool font, slap it on there. That looks great. But it wasn't making anybody click. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thumbnails and titles, so so important. I think a lot of people do potentially get get bogged down in a bit of analysis paralysis with those as well. Like I think, um, and I, I feel what you're saying there around titles. Um, you can think, well, maybe it's better if I put this word here or this word here or yeah. try this word. And at the end of the day, yes, you can split test that stuff in, in various ways, but um, you just got to do what you feel is going to work and yeah. obviously apply best practice yeah. from what you can yeah. learn from people around that. But, yeah, that's awesome. So I, I want to talk about you crossed that threshold. You did your happy dance. You got excited. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> You're monetized. You're able to, you know, serve ads on your video and get paid a couple of cents. Um, awesome. Did you then go out and straight away monetize all your videos? Start running ads. Yeah, I did. I did. 
<laughs> I mean, man, that was like, as soon as I, well, here's what's crazy because I, I didn't know how long the process would take, yeah. you know? Um, I, I, when I started getting close, I actually went to YouTube to see what it looked like. Cause I, you know, I, I, <clears throat> I wanted the preview. Right. <clears throat> and so I had a little idea, but I've heard of folks go from weeks to, uh, months. So when I hit that button, I'm thinking, well, you know, this is who knows how long it's going to take. I, my oldest son was like, oh, it doesn't take that long. And, and that was on a Thursday and Friday. I, I got the email saying, hey, congratulations, you're in because it's technically away. called the YouTube partner program. And yeah. so you're you're in it. And then they were, they were showing me all the perks. And it's like, you know, one of the things you can do is monetize your video. So I clicked on it and you have the option to choose the type of ads, not not like, you know, political or something, but like banner ads and you know, pre-roll, mid-roll, post-roll, they call them, and um, all this other stuff. And I'm like, and and which videos? And so at first I said yes to all, except, and, and, and all forms except for mid-roll. And, and I'll tell you about that in a second. And then after I did that, and I sat back and I thought, you know, there's a few videos I don't want monetized for whatever reason. And so I went in and individually turned some off because I just thought like, like there was a, there was a video I did um, that it was a, it was a personal video, but it just, it just didn't feel right for me. You have to make your own decision. So I turned it off for that. Um, but then I chose not to do mid roll. And I, and I, and I said long before I said that I would never turn mid roll on. Maybe I shouldn't say never because to me, it's just jarring. It is just absolutely jarring, even though they've put a thing in there now that says, you know, ad starting in four, three, two, one. And, and YouTube says that they're going to insert it best they can. But typically when I'm watching, it's always an interrupt. Yeah. And I just, I, yes, I want to make money, but I don't want to make it at, you know, in terms of like just making it a bad viewing experience for a viewer, I kind of respect that. If, if you're going to watch my video and you watch most of it, I am just, I'm, I'm honored by that. I'm excited by that. And I personally don't want to then just interrupt it with, oh yeah, here's an ad by the way, so I can make a little extra money. So that's my personal thing. Mm. Yeah, I respect that. I mean, personally, Depending on the video, I won't say every time, but when that mid-roll countdown starts coming in, I'm, I'm getting ready to click off the video. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. <laughs> unless I'm fully engaged. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I agree. I think that's, um, it, I think it's, it's clever and important to recognize that you have the ability to, uh, to control the placement um, and the ads that you're turning on and, and where, yeah. but also to think about that based on your channel, your audience keeping your audience first, I think is, yeah. is a great takeaway and, from that. And now when you upload, that's one of the questions, you know, do you want to monetize this? Yes or no. So I think it's important that folks get it. It's not a global that it's always on. You can turn it off. The option is always there. And um, so it's like, yeah, sure. I want to do this. Sure. I want to do this. No, maybe not this one. And again, you know, now YouTube always, cause now what happens when it uploads, it goes pending, pending approval. And it, and it happens pretty fast. Um, and they can, excuse me, they can and have before not on mine yet, because <laughs> I'm so new, you know, turn monetization off for whatever reason. I know there's been some, some bigger creators like Philip DeFranco and even Casey Neistat and stuff like that. Casey got really upset once. I remember the video that he had done, he was doing money to raise for somebody <laughs> and and they said, oh, wait a minute. So they turned the monetization off. He's like, no, the money I'm earning from this is what I'm donating, you know? Uh -huh. and, yeah. Um, I don't know what ended up happening there, but, um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's one of those things that is really cool to get and it's nice, but there's other perks with it. And, you know, it just, it's, it, it can be a little motivator as well, but I, I think every person has to take it. They have to decide how they want to do it. And, and for me, that's just, that, those are kind of my internal guidelines. Awesome. Kevin, this has been, this has been really awesome and probably a bit self-indulgent for me because I'm kind of following along in your footsteps with my own journey, <laughs> I but I, I'm, 
100% belief that there is uh, listeners to the podcast out there that are getting lots of value from this too. Well, cool. I, I just want to, just to wrap up here, I want to just ask you what's next. What's next for you in your YouTube journey, do you feel? Or you just keep on going? Well, you know, it, it's funny because I'm, I'm debating starting. A, I actually have a couple of other channels that I've just started. You can start as many channels as you want. Um, I'm working on a project with a couple other guys that will be more sales and leadership focused. And, and we're going to have our own channel around that. Um, I, I, you know, I've done some interviews. Well, I've, I've done a lot of interviews over time, but I'm even considering doing just starting a whole separate video podcast channel and just literally parking videos there uh, and then using that as, as a podcast as well. Of course, you know, there's always potential sponsorship deals there and brand deals as well. Plus you get to know other folks. Um, and for me too, it's also just dialing in the content just a little bit more sometimes, you know, what are some other things that I could be tackling to help people around video? Um, I'm much, much more interested in helping like beginners and newbies um, you know, find things out. Um, I may have gone a little too far down the final cut path, uh, with some videos. So that's part of it as well. Um, you know, adding more coaching in, uh, options there for, for folks, uh, just to, to get more one-on-one -on -one or group coaching or things like that. Um, you know, and then just, you know, feed the family too, as you're going along. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, Kevin. Well, I look forward to to subscribing and following your journey as well on YouTube. You. And I encourage people listening as well to go and check out what Kevin is doing on YouTube. And you have a website as well, Kevin. Do you want to shout out where people can find you? I do. Yeah, it's uh, kevincolby.com. And that's the last is K-O-L-B-E uh, versus Kevin. And um, most other places, I, and I'm at Kevin Colby on YouTube, but Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, I tend to be at Kevin Colby Media, which is the name of my business. I tried to come up with a name I thought I could remember. <laughs> Fantastic, and, guys. Uh, we'll have, oh, is there somewhere, yeah. somewhere else to go? No, no, I was just going to say, and anybody wants to connect with me there or drop a message or something like that, I try and put as many easy to find me links everywhere, so. Lovely, guys. We will make that easy for you to find as well at the show notes for this episode at engagevideomarketing.com slash episode 169. Kevin, this has been fun. Thanks for joining me. Dude, thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to this all day. Pumped to be awesome. here. Thank you for asking me. Talk soon. All right. Thanks again to Kevin for joining me on this show. So are you inspired to start taking consistent and positive action on your own YouTube channel? As I said in that interview, it's been my mission for 2020 to actually up my own YouTube game. And if you haven't yet subscribed to my channel, I'd love you to do so now. In fact, every little subscriber is going to get me that one step closer to a thousand subscribers on my own channel. As of the time of this recording here in November 2020, um, I'm currently just under 750 subscribers. So head on over to engagevideomarketing.com slash YouTube and I'd love for you to subscribe and see what I've got going on over there. And thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. And as always, leave a rating and a review on iTunes. I seriously appreciate that. Go to engagevideomarketing.com slash iTunes to do that. And I'll be back with you next week for another interview episode of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. Keep being awesome and keep growing through online video. Bye for now.